And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT the Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back, JT, brought to you by Modelo. How great is that? Modelo will be a part of what we do out at the M Resort. Spa Casino, Modelo, the official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders, brewed as a model of what good beer should be. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager, delivering a crisp, refreshing taste, brewed with the fighting spirit since 1925. Have a bucket of Modelo's with me on Friday. We'll be out there Saturday, Raider pre- and post-game, live from the Raiders Tavern and Grill. think the game's at 7 and we'll be out there at 5, plus I'm going to be emceeing some events inside the M after the pregame with Marcel Reese, Darren McFadden. How cool is that? So come on down to the M, see what we're doing here. It's the first time we're going to be out there. Steve Weish will join us. He's in Miami. I'm waiting on him. He's at Dolphins Camp today from NFL Network. I saw Steve over at the Hall of Fame, and it'll be great to catch up with him again. We talk to him often on this show. 702 365 9,200. Tommy in Denver, thanks for waiting over the top of the hour. What's happening, Tommy? Hey, what's going on, JT? Doing well, thanks. Good, good. Hey, uh, I am going to be staying at the M Resort for that first Monday night football game Mm -hmm. that weekend, and I was wondering, uh, I know you said this weekend you're going to be there pregame, and are you going to do anything for the Monday night football game? No, I'm going to be doing the pregame inside the stadium and the postgame. I'm in the building on home games where they're on the road, but I'm going to be doing remotes from the M on Fridays from time to time and uh, doing a lot. So we'll be down there. That's the official hotel of the Raiders. There'll be alumni there. There'll be players there. We're going to be pretty active over at the M, so you picked a good spot. Sounds good. Well, I can't wait to have a cold, a nice cold Modelo at the yes. game and at the M Resort. So you take care, and I appreciate Thank it. You. And it's always good uh, hearing your st- station every day. Thank, Thank you. Sir. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you at the M Resort going to be a lot of fun out there i like it there it's a good fit and i'll take my flight my plane picks me up from Summerlin to take me out there on game day which will be great you know the helicopter it's too far for a helicopter bobby so the plane will pick me up at Summerlin airport and drop me off out there and we'll be there and we're going to have some great broadcasts really excited to be there 702-365-9200 tuco sacramento on the raiders mobile app go ahead going on, JT, Sacramento, Brent coming through. So, listen, I just want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, we go back to when you were on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So I started listening to Sports Talk. I've uh, been watching the Raiders for about 35 years. And I just want to tell the Raider family that if you take the political part out of this whole vaccine, this whole mess mm-hmm. that we got going on, you're left with a virus that's killing people around the world. Yes. So my Raider family. Get the shot, because if you just take the political part and all the conspiracy theories that are out there, you're just not with the virus that's yeah. killing people, you know? And, and it makes no sense to take a chance on your conspiracy theory uh, or your, your, your feeling about what the government's doing and it's about money and this and that. Whatever it is, take it away. Because you're left with just the virus itself, and it's killing thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. out there. Um, I just want I just want to spread that out because 
um, you going to trust the government or are you going to trust what's actually out there? So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I just, people people have their reasons that they don't want to get a vaccine, a dump, bunch of other vaccines. I just think that we have no chance at defeating this virus. It's not going away. It's going to be here for a while. The only way we're going to knock it back down, and we're not going to defeat it totally, but we can knock it back down to 5 4 3% positivity rate is by the vaccine. Most people realize that. So... Hopefully, that is what motivates people to do it. Those who are not going to be motivated by that, I, I don't know what to tell you. They're not going to be motivated a, by anything. I got a buddy that I'm supposed to go to the Bears game with mm-hmm. who just said, basically, he wasn't going yeah. to the game. He already bought his ticket. We're, we're flying out there together on Southwest. Mm-hmm. We're staying at one uh, hotel. I'm staying at the Royale. Right. Um, and, he's, and, he's not the, he's not, and he's a diehard, diehard Raider. But he's like, they're not going to mandate me to do anything. Okay. Like, fine, fine. <laughs> you know how you know how you know how easy you can get rid of that Bears ticket. There's a thousand uh, people, absolutely. not a hundred, a thousand people that will take that Bears ticket. Let alone Bears fans who are coming in from and Chicago. He, and he's got primo seats. Primo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Appreciate. He's a ticket. He's a season ticket holder. Yeah. I mean, appreciate the call. Thank you. I got primo seats too. And I paid a lot of money for them. I got two kids in college, okay? There was no deal for me. I dropped buku bucks on tickets to go to the game. And I'm working the games. I want the games to be amazing. I want to have great memories with my wife and my kids and all of that. And I'm a dad with two young kids who have to make a big decision on all this now. My kids are getting old enough to make decisions, and they'll make them on their own with my guidance or not. And we'll see. This is not easy. No one's saying this is easy, but there's just millions of billions of people, billions with a B, have taken the vaccine. Think about that. Billions of people. So the ones who aren't, who are not going to do it, hopefully the motivation of some encouraging rewards, right? That's what we're talking about now. I mean, I, I despise the fact that we have people waiting to get a vaccine because they want to win money. I, just, I don't gamble, never placed a bet in my life. I love people who gamble. I don't like people who gamble on life and death and, and ventilators and doing that. But, you know, we live in Vegas where some people are actually going to wait so they can get in a lottery like they're playing video poker and they might hit a royal. I mean, only in this town. And I love this town. <laughs> Incredible. 702-365-9200. Derek Carr is about to speak. We'll cover that We're going to grab the content and then turn it around if we can before the end of the show. I want to hear what happened in L.A. I wasn't there. Should be good. Let's go out to Miami. Steve Weish, kind enough to join us and thrilled to talk to him from Canton to Miami. You just keep it going. How are you, my friend? JT, you know, I'm doing great because to be back out and to be covering football like in real time with fans and be able to have conversations. It, it is a total rebirth, and I'm just glad to be do, out here doing it, my man. I want to jump back to Canton when I saw you and the role that you play with the gold jackets, the interviews that entire weekend. It's something that's really built up with you, Rich Eisen, all your teammates on NFL Network and other platforms. How much do you appreciate that opportunity and love being in Canton with that type of role? I mean, it's, it's more than I can describe. I mean, because when you saw me, I think I was talking to Tim Brown or maybe Dick Vermeil or Rod Woodson. 
to be able to, you know, spend that weekend with the greats, right, who built, who built the foundation that today's game is played on, and then to see a game, yeah, mainly it's, it's a bunch of second-teamers and whatnot, but to be in that environment and to understand the greatness and the history, but to also understand kind of the belief and faith of the fans. I mean, more than 100,000 fans come through over the three or four days, and to see them so excited and so engaged because without the fans, JT, you know, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So to have all of that, you know, together to kind of kick off the season, it, it is, I, I can't describe how important that is to me personally, how much it is to the NFL network. And I'm sure how much it is to the people who really appreciate the history of the game. Steve Weiss is our guest on a personal note. I got the call from coach Flores a month or two before to MC his party. And I'm in the party with my wife and I'm introducing seven to eight gold jackets. And when it wraps up, I get a ride out to Charles Woodson's party, and I'm there till 2.33 in the morning as royalty is around me the whole night. And when my wife and I drove out of Canton on Monday to catch our flight in Cleveland, I said, look, if I never come back again, and I know I will, I felt like this was the greatest experience because of the double back-to-back presentations and what we saw with the ceremonies. Will it ever be like that again? I know Brady's getting in down the road, and there'll be other legendary players, but it just felt like that was the perfect storm for the Hall to have that great weekend with the weather and do it back-to-back. Well, first off, JT, the fact that you can get two scoops of celebration (laughs) parties, salute to you, my brother. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, those, those parties, they're, they're real parties now. They're not little cocktail hours. Um, but salute to you. But in, in terms of the overall magnitude of this, it, it'll be difficult to replicate because, you know, like, you know, 20 of the living, 29 members went in that weekend. And you've got great, you know, like you said, Tom Flores, Troy Pulamalu, Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, Megatron, and so many of these legends, Drew Pearson, and you had two days of two virtually different fan bases come in because it was heavy Steelers on the Saturday when all mm-hmm. those when four of the five Steelers were enshrined, and the next day was a lot of Colts, you know, fans and Broncos fans for Peyton Manning. Um, to have the magnitude of that whole weekend, it'll, it'll be hard to replicate. But I got to tell you, you know, I've done six or seven of these, right? And it's pretty similar every year because of the great players that go in. I mean, it, it really does kind of. You know, it, it hits home. It's home differently every year, but it hits home big every year. Steve Weiss, NFL Network. So you're in Miami. What a year. What, what has changed? Because Justin Herbert could have been their quarterback, maybe should have been their quarterback. They go with Tua, question marks all over the place, and now everybody's praising him at training camp the way the ball's coming out and the offense has been detailed and catered to him. What have you seen? Well, I mean, look, they're down here doing joint practices with the Falcons, so you really get a good read on that stuff. He's, he's facing a defense he hasn't seen before and schemes and, and things like that. So from people I've talked to and, and things to see, first off, he's healthy. Remember this time last year, he still was trying to be able to plant on that hip, you know, that he destroyed Alabama, and, and to get the torque on his body for a lot of those throws. That part is gone, so he's not worrying about that. So you can see he's far more comfortable with the offense that's being designed by George Godsey and Eric Studisville. Um, you know, he, did, he doesn't have some of his top receivers, Will Fuller and Devontae Parker, are hurt again. Um, so Jalen Waddell, the rookie, was out here. I mean, he, was, he was impressive. So I think the fact that they got some speed around Tua, you know, they did not have that last year. The fact that he's comfortable, like you said, they're catering it to him. 
and, and I think he felt, you know, he's feeling the pressure a little bit. A lot of people came down. That's the first time in his life he's really ever felt, you know, some type of negative vibe because he's always been that guy from high school to college. And so you can tell he's dialed in. And knowing him well and his family well, knowing the work he put in, um, I have little doubt um, that he's going to succeed. Different than Justin Herbert, smaller guy, different type of offense. But I think what they're doing to help him, um, you know, he's going to be able to help them in return. This is going to be a good football team. Steve Weiss, you can't be as far away as you are in Miami than the Raiders and the Rams in their joint practices. You know Gruden and you know McVay. Uh, McVay obviously looked up to Coach Gruden starting with him. They have this conversation about what they want to accomplish at this joint practice where Aaron Donald's a beast and the Raiders are breaking in a new offensive line with three new starters. And I want to want to get your opinion on what needs to happen on that because it seems like both coaches care more about these joint practices than they'll do coming into that preseason game Saturday where both of them agree on that not going to be playing many of their starters, Steve. Yeah, look, joint practices are designed so – and it's not even the team drills that they're getting in. So when they get offensive line against defensive line, see how guys work individually, how they work jointly. Um, and, and that's why it's so important because, you know, in the preseason, you're, you're going to get – in the practices, you're going to get your own teammates. So they understand the play calls. They understand what players' tendencies are. This is different. So this is fresh. And it's only going to help that young offensive line for the Raiders get better. Um, I've already seen some, some video of what happened earlier today. They've already had a dust-up after uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey thudded up. <laughs> thudded up uh, running back uh, pretty good. So, you know, there, there's some spirits flying out there. But, I mean, these joint practices have taken the place of the third preseason game right. in terms of getting the number one's proper work. Um, you know, and, and that's huge for the Raiders. Like you said, for the offensive line, the offensive continuity as a whole. They've changed some receivers. Um, they've got to figure out what they're going to do defensively. Because, you know, Sean McVay's not going to show them a whole lot. But Sean McVay's not a whole lot is an awful lot. So this is really going to be beneficial for the Raiders as they try to figure out who and what they are. Wrapping it up with Steve Wise. Steve, finally... You know, the Raiders decided to have their fans vaccinated. You're in Florida where the governor there has a completely different opinion. I don't want to get political with this question, but, you know, I saw what Mark Davis did, what the Benson family did in New Orleans. And I'm just wondering your observation about what the rest of the league is going to do with vaccinations coming in to keep everyone safe. Or could this ever get up the food chain to Roger Goodell where he can make a mass decision on part of the league? where he can make a league-wide mandate for all fans to be vaccinated going into buildings. How do you see it? Well, I think the league will follow suit what they did last year and follow, like, local health regulations. Um, so, you know, unless all the markets where there are NFL teams really come under a massive outbreak, I don't see the league making a, a sweeping stance. I think it will be different for teams that are in domes as opposed to outdoor stadiums. The Rams announced yesterday or this morning that they're going to require masks in the stadium and all parts, um, regardless of vaccination status. Some some teams, a lot of teams, in fact, are saying you have to wear masks at indoor, mm-hmm. like you know when you're when you're when you're indoors, maybe at a, in a club level or in a suite of sorts or something like that. So it depends on local health regulations. This is going to be dicey until this whole thing comes down. I mean, salute to the Raiders. Yeah, a lot of people may not like the fact that they're saying you have to be vaccinated, but the fact that they're offering free vaccinations upon arrival is part of a solution. And look, this is going to get this will 
this will cause some people to get vaccinated because yes. they want to go to the games in that beautiful stadium. So, um, again, this is going to be an issue, hopefully not for too much longer, but it's, it's going to really depend on the, on the local folks. I think JT, I don't think it'd be a league wide mandate at any point. Continued success, Steve. Have a good trip around the league and doing what you do best. We're always watching on NFL Network. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you, JT. You got it. There he is, Steve Weiss, one of the best reporters, hosts in all of football. And I was in Canton with my wife. He was on set. We made eye contact. He said, come on over. And he came on over and we talked for four or five minutes. And he's living the dream. When, when you're in there with the gold jackets at the presentation and you're interviewing them, as they're getting their gold jacket or afterwards, it's incredible. You want to talk about a dream job? I'm pretty happy. I've been very lucky in my career to have a couple of dream opportunities in radio, and I'm very humbled by it. What he's doing is great. NFL Network, he's one of their top guys, and he has an unbelievable opportunity there. You know, he talked about joint practices. It's a big topic in all of football. In all of football is joint practices. And I keep telling everybody, I've been saying it a lot the last week, This is the future of the NFL. How to get cameras, and there's a problem with this. I'll get to it. How do you get cameras into these joint practices and charge people for them? Okay, so follow me. Streaming, you got to pay for it. So if you're a Rams fan, a Raider fan, you're a Dolphins fan, as Steve said, and a Viking fan, you're able to see that content because the games don't mean anything in the preseason. It's a joke. It's a money grab. And I support the money grab. How can I not? You got preseason football. Guys got to make the team. You got to have games. How in God's name does everybody think you can start a football season without having preseason games? That's the most knucklehead thing I've heard. Well, we don't need the preseason anymore, JT. What? How do you get a roster from 95 to 53? You got to play football. You got to tackle. You got to line up right. You got to see who can jump up and make a catch in the end zone. Preseason's never going away because there's too much money to be made locally. But you can take it from four to three to two. So what I think the next step is going to be in the NFL is that you get these joint practices, you invite the fans in, you charge them, or it's a benefit, season ticket holders get in for free. You stream it so the fans can buy it on pay-per-view. So you have to buy it. It's not going to be for free. You buy it on Amazon, Facebook, whatever it is, the NFL network. And then that is more unique than the game. So you get the two days of the practice before they play this walkthrough game where no one cares about. That's the future of the NFL. But John Gruden made a good point the other day. He said as they have these joint practices, they're running real plays, plays they're going to run in the season. They don't want that out there. So Coach Gruden said, I hope that everybody in the video operators don't leak it, that doesn't get out on the Internet. He said that because this is what John Gruden and Sean McVay and Mike Zimmer – And Ron Rivera and Bill Belichick, when they have these joint practices, the media can see what's happening in practice. Hey, man, that was a great catch. That was an unbelievable block. But you don't want the whole league seeing your plays because this is the time where they're taking football seriously. And you just cross your fingers, no one gets hurt. Like earlier today, Jalen Ramsey popped Josh Jacobs reportedly at the end of a play. His helmet came off and there was a little bit of pushing and shoving. You just hope no one gets hurt. Because if no one gets hurt, it's incredible to me. I just got back from the Hall of Fame, and there were leather helmets and old cleats. I was in the NFL archives, and I saw these old cleats, the first ever cleats that you could replace from, like, 1954. Those guys played football. They didn't say, oh, not we're not playing tomorrow because it doesn't count. It's preseason. It was tackle football 
year-round. Training camp offseason. Now the league is collectively bargaining less and less practice for the players, less and less practice for the players, less and less contact during the season. They added another game, which is more money to the players, but it's more contact. And as we've talked about already with Brett Favre, you know, when you look at these concussions, you look at the concussions and you say to myself, oh, my God, I kind of get it. If we're playing tackle football at practice, that means more concussions in practice, let alone the game. And players can only sustain so many concussions in their life. So I get it. I get both sides of the argument, but I want to talk more about that. Yeah, because kids play football and more and more people are talking about concussions. Brett Favre, I'm going to be talking about Favre's comments tonight on SiriusXM. Brett Favre is mandating, wanting to see kids not play tackle football and start when they're 14. I love that. But every the majority of the guys who are playing in the NFL played Pop Warner at 8, tackle. You don't, you don't get to the NFL by starting football at 14. You get a scholarship at 17 or you never play again. You're going to learn how to play football in two and a half years, tackle? It's a really complex topic. Hey, coming up next, Derek Carr just spoke in L.A. We'll carry that press conference for you. You don't want to miss that. Derek Carr speaking. Let's see how it went in L.A. That's important. We weren't able to cover it live because we had a couple interviews, but we'll get to that press conference coming up. Brought to you by Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. SamandAshLaw.com. SamandAshLaw.com. JT's personal injury attorneys. Best in town, they care about getting you the right compensation. SamAndAshLaw.com. It was great to have the Raider fans out there, by the way. Kind of numb, you know, just uh, to see the world coming back together and, and to be in this stadium. With these fans again, it um, it just warms my heart. I thank them all for coming out, and um, you know we, we we are really really excited about playing in front of them for the rest of this year. Yes, John Gruden, brought to you by a Steph McKenzie said the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. Frank and his team have the super deals you're looking for. Their website's incredible. Their service is incredible. Their financing team is the best in town, and you could have all your selection right in front of you from the award-winning Hondas to the crossover vehicles to the luxury vehicles. Frank and his team is the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. They have you locked in completely inside the Raider Nation and also an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. So that was John Gruden, now Derek Carr, who met the media out in Los Angeles after practice today. This is a big deal as they have the practices with the Rams for a few days in advance of the game coming up on Saturday. Derek, it felt like um, right off the bat you guys wanted to make this a meaningful day. It just felt like you rolled, you rolled off the bus ready to go compete and make this an important day. Is that kind of how that carried over? Yeah, Coach wanted us, especially the older guys, um, who, again, we don't know how much we'll play this week and the game and all that stuff. He wanted us to treat it like a game, you know. So our mindset last night, getting to bed early and uh, – you know, even going into waking up this morning, just treating it like a game day mentality. Because, um, you know, we didn't watch any film on these guys, so uh, you kind of guess, like, well, I think they run these fronts. We kind of talk about it a little bit, but you don't know. And so really just getting new blitzes, new coverages, new looks, and just playing, really playing football and seeing what happens when we, 
you know, see our rules. And then now we have some great tape where you know, they had a free runner on a blitz one time. We can coach that up and go through that. But, you know, besides that, these are like game reps. I, I think I've said it many times that you get more out of this than you do a preseason game. You know, here in practice, no fans, you're going to see more crazy looks than what they would actually show during a preseason game. You know, you're going to actually get a real real glimpse of what they do. It's not often that you get ambushed in a game where they do something completely different than what you were expecting, uh, but sometimes that does happen. And in a situation like today where you don't know really what they're going to run and, and you have to adjust to it on the fly, does that is that beneficial at all to you uh, for anything down the road? Oh, absolutely. You know, every rep that you take today, you don't know what they're doing. You know, you, I, again, I didn't watch film on them. I, I didn't do my usual I usually have a week to get ready for the for a defense you know and I I took no hours you know um, getting ready for these guys because it's just training camp so um, it was uh, it was exciting because I kind of like to go into it you know with the idea of coach saying hey we're kind of feeling this way about these plays and you're gonna have to make it right or check to something or do those kind of things and it's just it's good to see if our rules hold up you know I'm looking to make sure you know all the checks that I have and yep we're good and to see it work against different coverages I mean some people play the same coverage and pass things off differently. You know, today, like, there was a similar coverage, and if I would have cut it loose, Jalen Ramsey's sitting there cutting, you know, cutting a, diff- a route that I'm used to just cutting loose in practice, you know. So it was good for me to see it and not just cut it loose and, you know, check it down to Josh and get eight. You know, like, those those are real NFL reps. And so, like I said again, th- those kind of reps are, to me, way, way better, you know, minus the fighting and all that kind of stuff. You know, you get so much more out of that than you'll ever get in a preseason game. Derek, counting standpoint, uh, do you like the competitive spirit of, of what that brings out, but is there also a frustration level that there's not the consistency in the work with all the stoppages? I just don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, I love the fighting. I'm kind of like Pat Hill, you know. Like, like that's, if we were fighting, you know, Coach Hill wouldn't blow his whistle for a few seconds, you know. Like, you know, that's how he was in college. But, you know, I think it's good for your team to fight a little bit. You know, everyone's tired this point of camp. Um, you know, especially when you're going against somebody in a different jersey. A lot of guys out there are trying to make a team. You saw, I think, a lot of fights on special teams. Well, there's a reason that a lot of the fights came on special teams, right? They're fighting for a job, literally. So um, that stuff's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't bother me as long as no one gets hurt. You know, and, and I think that, at least on our field, I don't know what happened on the other field, but on our field, you know, they're veteran guys. You know, you know, okay, it's a little thing, and then we break it up, and we're right to the next play, you know. When that stuff carries on to next play, next play, you're hitting cheap shots, that's when it's pointless, you know. But I think there was a good group, a good uh, respect between both sides. Gruden talking to us, Raheem talking to his guys, you know, that, it was good. Derek, it seems like you hit a number of big plays today, and it, it seems that that's been a consistent theme all training camp long. I'm just curious what your confidence level is kind of heading into the season based off of this training camp versus maybe in years past in that big play mentality, the big play opportunities. Well, you know, we got a couple of our big play guys back. You know, obviously we lost Nelly, um, but Henry's back, you know, uh, with that ability. Waller obviously is back with that ability. Um, Renfro's back. He has that ability. Um, he does it in a more sneaky way, I guess, but uh, he has that ability. And, you know, to to say that I don't expect or anything, that would be wrong. You know, I, we expect to hit those plays. Um, and I'm, I'm actually still mad. that There was a 7-on-7 rep. It should have been a perfect day for Hunter, but we missed – connected on one in the back right corner of the end zone you know but uh, we fully expect to make those plays and and knowing that it's not going to happen every time right there I think they were the best defense in the NFL last year or if not one of and uh, 
you know, we understand they're going to have their plays, but for us to be able to, you know, show that our, our plays and our designs and our guys could win against the best, um, you know, gives us confidence, obviously, going forward, uh, knowing that they'll make some too. But whenever you can make a few on a defense like that, you know, you feel good about it going, going forward. Derek, uh, on the other side of the field, your defense had a really good day today. Um, I'm sure having gone against them now for the last three weeks or so, you're not so surprised about that um, based on what you've seen? Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, the Rams have so much talent. Um, and I don't know what the plays were. I, I mean, I think I saw one on Twitter and it was a scramble drill. You know, that's all I saw. You know, but uh, besides that, I mean, you look at the quarterback, the receivers, the line, um, the, the coach, obviously, that they have, uh, you know, to hear that our defense was making plays against those guys, that's exciting, you know. Um, Stafford rolled into Napa one year and was throwing laser beams everywhere, you know, and it's a little disheartening, you know, so it's good to hear that our guys were able to make a couple plays. Um, I'm sure they made their fair share too, but um, I expected them to do that from what I've seen. Uh, obviously, I'm, with everything, I've been just trying to stay like this, you know, but I think that everyone can see offensively and defensively that we have something cooking that, Hopefully we can be consistent and win some more football games. Derek, how important was it to get guys like Alex Leatherwood and Andre James in front of a guy like Aaron Donald? How do you think they fared against them? Yeah, it was good. You know, actually today, um, I, th I thought they did good. You know, obviously AD, uh, he can ruin practice if he wants, you know. And there was a couple times he got back there and I had to move out of the pocket and hit some plays, scramble plays. What do you know? You know, and uh, it was good, right? Um, but we were able to do that. But he's a guy that... He's going to win. You know, he's probably the best three technique to ever play this game. You know, and that's saying a lot, but I think he's earned that kind of respect and starting to get in that conversation as, as, as we get older in our eighth year, right? And he, he, he deserves to be in that conversation, and he's a good player. But there was a play today where he went and lined up on Alex, and I slid the whole line to the left just to let, have, let Alex have a one-on-one. -on -one. Probably not a nice thing of me to do, but I did it just to see, and we'll see how it went on tape. I think he actually did pretty good, but... I did it. We made the call. I just said, yeah, go ahead, you know, buddy. Let's see. Let's let's see what happens, you know. And that's that's what's beautiful about days like this. You get so many different looks, so many different reps that all right, let's let's give the young guy a try. And we talked about it all week. I told Oli, I was like, hey, if I get a look, I'm gonna I know Aaron's gonna try at least one time. I said, I'm gonna slide everybody the other way and let him go one on one and see what happens. So it was good. That's a big place today, obviously. What makes him so hard for defenses to deal with? Or what makes him today, why'd they have a hard time with him today, you think? Is, you know he's he gets he doesn't get enough credit for how, how straight line fast he is. Um, I don't think his forty time I don't know what it was but whatever it was doesn't do it justice. He's he's fast. You know he can run, and just as fast as he can go that way he can go this way. And it's a lot of guys that can straight line track you know speed, but Hunter the thing that makes him different not only that side to side speed is that he sees the coverages and he he knows what route he's running obviously and he sees the coverage he knows how to set up he knows exactly what I want him to do. And he literally does it every single time. And there's a lot of guys that Gruden talks about all the time. Don't just be a guy that runs the right route and says, Coach, I ran the right route. Well, you're covered. Who cares? You know, be a guy that, you know, runs the right route, but shred the guy. You know, set, set him up. Understand the coverage. Set that up. Show him what he wants to see and then come across. You know, that kind of stuff. And Hunter does those things, like, every time. And there's things that, you know, you know, EB, you know, Edgar Bennett, the receiver coach will come to me and be like, hey, hey now, hey now, you know, I'm like, EB, just tell the other guys, but let him do this, please, you know, let him, let him do that, because I see it that way, and so uh, we saw him have a, like you said, a big day today for him, and that was exciting, but the thing that I love about him the most is that he sees it just, just the way that I do, I think that's why there's so much trust there when you throw it to him. Derek, not only did, uh, 
Hunter have that big day and a couple of big catches. He had them on Jalen Ramsey and not just the player that Ramsey is, but you know, he was obviously a little bit very physical and doing a lot of talking. Did he get any kind of added, um, did it, did it mean more to you? I guess did those big plays to Hunter than maybe normally. I mean, I think, uh, anyone you go in, in this league, I mean, especially the nickel corners that we play against are really good players and they had Jalen inside today on Hunter on some things and Jalen's, one of if not the best corner in the NFL so I think that gives a lot of confidence in Hunter it gives me confidence to know that he can beat good corners right you know um, Jalen obviously is again I've played against him many times you know a couple times and he is sticky I mean tight windows guys have to separate and Hunter did a good job against him you know he did in the slot and so um, again it gives me confidence to know I told Hunter on the way from the bus ride back here I said it gives me confidence that I can cut it. I can cut it loose even sooner, knowing that, you know, there's you're going to fight for me against good corners, you know. And like we saw, I mean, Jalen's there, you know, on one of the play. I mean, the ball and the catch that Hunter had to make. If not, Jalen's picking it or you know knocking it away. Um, but it gives me confidence to cut that ball loose to him, no matter who's guarding him, you know. And all right, so that was Derek Carr. We'll jump out of the press conference. A lot of positive comments coming from the Raiders' side. When you look at the Raiders and how they were effective today against Matthew Stafford, how Carr was affected and how effective and how the offensive line did a pretty good job. For Derek Carr to say that they did well against Aaron Donald, if they didn't, he'd tell you. If they didn't have a good day. So to me, the Raiders had a good day. I'm looking at the L.A. side of it, too. Tonight I'll have Vinny Bonsignor on to recap a little bit of that. We'll replay a portion of that tomorrow because Vinny's out in L.A. doing his show, but I want to make sure we get a vibe for what he saw today. But sounds pretty good. At least there's not an emergency press conference. Someone got hurt. That's what you hope. And you know that these practices are so important, these joint practices, and it's not going to be a great game on Saturday. Carr told you that a lot of these guys aren't going to play but we're going to treat it that way on the pre and post game because it's a game and guys are trying to make the team as the roster continues to get trimmed. So that's the Raiders out in Los Angeles today. Takes a lot to move a team out there. Bobby Romanski and that equipment team. <laughs> what a job that is to move all that equipment for a couple of days to Los Angeles and have a game and have everybody ready to go. Hey, coming up, your opportunity to win Guns N' Roses tickets. I guess that'll get the phones going, Bobby. Guns N' Roses opportunity coming up next. If people are concerned about taking the, uh, the shot or whatever, that we will refund their money for the season for the nine games. Um, we'll give them a full refund. Or they can roll their uh, ticket money over till next season. If, in fact, they roll it over till next season, they'll get the full 10-game season for the nine games that they're returning. Um, if, in fact, they get a refund, they will then just pay next year the uh, full price for their season tickets, which will be the same price as this year. Mark Davis at the press conference yesterday. JT, back with you as we wrap it up. Big show today. Really happy about all the interaction and everybody chiming in. My favorite number as a young boy was number nine. Craig Nettles of the Yankees. So when I was in Little League, I wore number nine every year. And the ninth caller will get tickets to Guns N' Roses. 
You got to be from Nevada. You got to be from Nevada. Ninth caller, 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio 920. Giving out those tickets to see Guns N' Roses Friday, August 27th at Allegiant Stadium. You can buy tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or as you listen to our flagship station here on Raider Nation 920. You can win them. We're giving away two right now to the ninth caller. Keep the money in your pocket and buy the brick of Modelo. That would be good if I save you all that money. Ninth caller at 702-365-9200. Bobby laughs because he knows I don't like to give away stuff. Not that I'm giving it away. I work for a great radio station here. My point is I like the callers to earn it. They have to earn it. But uh, every once in a while I pick number nine, and you can jump in and go to Guns N' Roses. I'm excited for that concert. Quick backstory. When I was living in Sherman Oaks, California, I lived there for 10 years, and when my kid, this is a true story, and my friends know this to be very accurate, I coached youth basketball. I coached youth basketball in Sherman Oaks, California at the YMCA there, and my kid was maybe five, six years old, my oldest son. So I'm coaching, and one day, you know, the parents are meeting, and we show up to practice, and I'm ready to run a practice, and I'm talking, these kids are young. They're barely learning how to dribble. And all of a sudden, I say hi to London. The kid's name's London. And London happens to be Slash's son. So I coached Slash's son for a season of youth basketball. And at the end of the season, the last game, I told Slash, who had a baseball cap on, but he looked like Slash, I told him to come out of the stands and coach the team the last play. I said, Slash, come on down and call a play. And he really appreciated it. His wife at the time then, Perla, really appreciated it, that. And they thanked me. And they talked to my wife about it and said, that was really cool. And I said, no, that was cool. So I get invited to Slash's compound for a game of laser tag for his son's birthday party at his little castle there in L.A. And so, you know, alcohol, parents are drinking, having fun. Kids are playing laser tag in his house. That's how big his house was. And then the Super Bowl was in Arizona, and Slash was playing. And Slash invited my wife and I to the concert backstage, and we got a chance to be backstage and then get on the stage on the side and and have this unbelievable experience, which was incredible. And that was the last I saw of him. You know, after that, we didn't keep in touch. We weren't friends. I didn't know him well. But that's a story I always tell when I coach Slash's son, London, who is now a rock star at 20 years old in Los Angeles. And I was coaching him when he was five or six years old. So I love Guns N' Roses. I love this show. The warm-up band for Guns N' Roses is Monmouth. That's Wolfgang Van Halen's new band where Frankie Sidoris is the lead guitar player. And a lot of people know Frankie in town. I play golf with his dad all the time. And that's great because we have that connection now to the warm-up band for Guns N' Roses. Frankie Sidoris also is the guitar player for Monmouth with Wolfgang Van Halen. He's also the guitar player for Slash, Miles Kennedy, and the Conspirators. So pretty cool stuff there. So I'm going to Guns N' Roses. I hope you're going too. And I'm thrilled that we have a winner here that Bobby is getting up for us as we get rolling right now. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in here before the end of the show after we clean out all the Guns N' Roses lines. And, Bobby, I guess we got a winner for Guns N' Roses? Great. So we'll tell everybody before we end who won that or if you want to do that. Bobby, tell us all. Okay, that would be Alex Mortel. Alex Mortel is our winner for Guns N' Roses tickets. 
Thanks for listening. Because we had a winner recently. Ruben had a chance to go to the Raider game from listening to our show. Can't thank you enough for listening. I don't have a radio show without listeners or callers, so we appreciate it very much. Uh, One or two other pieces of sound I want to play before we get out of here. Uh, Brett Favre. I really like Brett Favre. He's awesome in an interview. He has no filter. He tells you what he thinks. Uh, Brett Favre on the Today Show. He's talking about a PSA on concussions. He also talked about the vaccine and possibly why some players in the league are hesitant. Why do you think there is still a struggle among some athletes, especially when people look to them as role models when it comes to the COVID vaccine? Well, there's a great deal of uncertainty. You hear one thing one day and you hear something that's totally different the next. And and this is from experts, experts on both sides of, uh, of the argument. Um, and, you, you know, the, the vaccine or the the vaccines that have uh, had been have been administered within the last what six to eight months um, didn't go through a twenty or thirty year human trial study uh, that FDA uh, requires. So we're sort of the human trials, if you will, and and you know I think some people are frightened by that and uh, and, and the conflicting info that that we're all getting. All right, so that's Brett Favre on the Today Show. My takeaway is he's not vaccinated. Because if he was vaccinated, he would say, I'm vaccinated. Why wouldn't he? He's a leader. He's got millions of fans, and maybe many of them would get the vaccine if he said, I got vaccinated. So that was his way around it. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming he's not vaccinated. But I respect Brett Favre's opinion. He had a strong opinion on that. And another breaking news story today, which is kind of sad, Detroit Tigers television analyst Jack Morris has been suspended indefinitely by Bally Sports Detroit after he used an accent in describing what the Tigers should do when pitcher Shohei Atani was on the mound. It's just an old school guy who made a mistake. It was off color, and now his job's on the line. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be better, better careful. Well, folks, uh, Shohei Otani is coming to the plate, and it's been brought to my attention, and I sincerely apologize if I offended anybody, especially anybody in the Asian community, for what I said about pitching and being careful to uh, Jose, or Shohei Otani. I did not intend for any offensive thing, and I apologize if I did. Certainly respect and have the utmost respect for this guy. Don't blame a pitcher for walking. Yep, so he made a big mistake, and I don't know what's going to happen to him now. Uh, the Tigers said, and Bally said, quote, we have a zero-tolerance policy for bias or discrimination and deeply apologize for that insensitive remark. Tigers said in a statement that they were deeply disappointed with Jack Morris, who's had a brilliant career, 66 years old, in the Tigers Hall of Fame. And he's not going to be remembered for this completely, but just unfortunate when you speak words for a living, you got to be very careful what you say. Bobby, one of the best shows you put together. You nailed it today. We had a lot of good guests, tremendous phone calls. We thank our partners. Raiders were on the road in L.A. I think the content's going to be great from Q, who's going on Saturday. He's going out to L.A. on Saturday because he loves grinding. And Vinny is out there. And Vinny's show is going to be unbelievable because he saw everything today at practice. So keep it here to the flagship Raider Nation Radio.
Thanks, guys. Have a great day.